You're listening to Going to the Chapel, a 21 Jump Street podcast. Grab your Aquanet, throw on your best acid wash jacket, and join us as we gab about this classic television program. Hello, Narc Blossom. Hi there. It's us again. Yay, we're back. We say we're back. One of the reasons we're doing this episode is because it's actually been a long time since we recorded. Yeah. So to you guys, it doesn't seem like it's been that long because I think our last thing went up on like the 26th or something. Yeah. So that was very recently, actually. Oh, that's good. Yes. Today th- Go ahead. is April 3rd, 2020. I'm looking at my calendar <laughs> to because I just for a minute blanked because right now... In the year of our Lord 2020, there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> it's it's April the blah, 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 on this blah, 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 day of the week. We did. thank God March is over. That was the longest March of my, of the entire yeah. century. Yes, March was a long year, basically. Yes. No joke. Ugh. We recorded the "Gotta Finish the Riff" episode in what, like November or something it like that. It was a long time ago. Before the Christmas season, so. A quick rundown. This is our first episode that we are going to be calling our after school specials. So these are theoretically shorter episodes. Hopefully. Where we're not necessarily talking about the show or an episode of the show. We're just doing a little chat, something that might be related. And we wanted to kind of give a little update situation because... There are a few things that I feel like we could make notes on, and it's been a while since we recorded, so we wanted to, in this time where we have lots of time together, record an episode. (laughs) Yes, we're all quarantined in, so we might as well do something useful with our time. The only useful thing I can do while stuck at home, so. Exactly. There are worse things that could be happening, so I I feel grateful that that's the worst that's going on right now for us anyway it's true and it feels kind of fun to actually not that we don't i was gonna say feels fun to be talking to you (laughs) as if we don't talk to each other normally normally we're you know just never speaking well we're we're usually wrangling children so much and by the end of the day it's just looking at each other with blank expressions well and to be fair our conversations usually revolve around the children i am doing the homeschool thing with our daughter now and it's actually going pretty well, but she's a smart cookie who likes school, so that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yes. And I used to teach, so that also helps. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, what uh, the last episode that we did was Gotta Finish the Riff. And back when we were actually recording the episodes, we wanted to record a whole bunch at once so that we would have time to slowly, you know, edit them and bring them out since we are producing it all on our own. We are recording ourselves. I edit to the best of my knowledge on that. And I upload everything and write everything up and do the Instagram page. And so it takes a little bit of time when you have real life getting in the way. And boy, has real life gotten in the way. Life has been, well, you, you all know. So we You're decided, well, I, this is a podcast I've been thinking about for over a year. And so I kind of had these inklings and these ideas that I wanted to do. Originally, I thought I wanted to do this show with my cousin, who was like my best friend who also loved 21 Jump Street. And we often watched it together. Then I... I kind of, we both are, have very busy lives and almost never see each other, even though we live about 20 minutes apart. And so I then decided 
what would be more fun would be to share it with Christopher. And especially since he hadn't seen it, I thought that would give it a, a better conversation than me and Wendy just squealing the whole time yes. about how much we love it. And so that's... We also, you and Wendy's voices are so similar, I think everyone would spend their time going, wait, who's talking Yeah, now? I don't think anyone would ever be able to tell us apart. Probably not. And it would be a lot. Right. Well, and it's just a different perspective because I, as you said, I, I had never seen it before and I have different, you know, I'm And it's very similar. It. Okay, so this is, I'm just going to do a shout out really fast. We had this idea like on our own, started recording, did this thing. And then a new podcast came around that I started listening to that I am in love with. So I'm going to do like a little shout out to them and a little like, if you guys like what we do or think this sounds fun, you should listen to them. It's called How Have You Not Seen This? And it's a married couple. And they, <laughs> they kind of do what we're doing, but with movies. So it's uh, Tracy and Dan Carlson. And what they basically do is one of them each episode shows the other a movie that they have seen, but the other has not. If I don't know if I'm explaining it in a way that makes sense. Right. So, but, so, yeah. so they kind of do the same thing that we do. Like she'll show a movie that he hasn't seen and then they discuss it. And I absolutely love listening to them because it's really similar to to what we do. Yeah. And I actually left them a review that like I love them and that they remind me of the conversations that we have and that I wanted to be best friends with Tracy. And then like she shouted me out on the show <laughs> and then we had an Instagram exchange. So we're best friends now. So definitely check out how have you not seen this because it's a lot of fun. But yeah, so this is a thing. It's it's a cool thing to be like, I'm going to show you something you've never seen before. We recorded a whole bunch of episodes, and then my mother had a fall in the fall. <laughs> and so uh, she had a health issue, and she had to have a surgery, and she's still kind of recovering. So that kind of put a big obstacle in our life. It has made me very busy. I've either been here or over there with her. And then um, we had the holiday season, and then at the beginning of the year, someone in our family was always sick with something. There was like oh, was stomach awful. bugs and colds. Yeah. And we finally like became healthy and then the pandemic struck. <laughs> and then <laughs> and everyone now, else got sick. Yeah. So. And so now we are stuck at home like many, many of you should be. Please stay home. Please flatten the curve. <laughs> yes. Please help people not get sick. Do your due diligence. Thanks. We thought that we would take this episode to have a little mini discussion, kind of talk about where we are and talk about a few other things. So one thing that I wanted to bring up, because I feel like the way that I ended up having to edit made the endings of our episodes sound a little bit strange. And the reasoning behind that is because originally we were going to host it on YouTube as like YouTube audio videos. And I did that the first little bit. And then I decided I didn't like that as much. And it was a lot more work because I also had to like not only edit the audio, but edit the video. So then we just switched to a regular podcast recording. But at the end of our episodes, we're always like, subscribe, leave yes. a comment. <laughs> and so it doesn't really apply in the same way. Right. Hit that like so button. So it was weird yeah. to try and edit those in the end. So if we sound like really awkward, I mean, we're awkward anyway, but... Um, <laughs> Now we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so... We got fancy. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you have found us, but you can find Bye. us there, and you can also find us 
um, on our site on Podbean. Right. So just wanted to throw that out there because originally we had a different plan and our plan changed because I realized it took a lot more time than I thought it would just to edit the audio. So editing audio and video. She has to edit out all of the times I say, uh, and, um, which is, I, I now know what that looks like, like in the little sound, (laughs) you know, um, the, I don't know what that's even called. See, I'm, this is how professional we are, but like when I'm editing the sound, I know like what an, um, looks like essentially. (laughs) It's really funny, but that's, that's neither here nor there. So anyway, I've wanted to ask you, Christopher, how are you enjoying 21 Jump Street thus far? Well, I, you know, we were you'd asked at one point in one of the episodes and whether I was enjoying it ironically or whether I was enjoying it actually. Um, and I, it's somewhere in between. I mean, I don't know it's a, a show. A little of both. Right. I mean, some of it is, is so ridiculous and, and out of date. And some of it, I think, is even ridiculous at the time. <laughs> right. That, yeah, it, it, I, it's, it's meant to be enjoyed slightly in tongue-in-cheek a little bit anyway. So uh, I am enjoying it that way. If, I, if you permit me a tangent... Um, I feel like it was in this interesting time period in U.S. pop culture history. So, like, the brief history of sitcoms, I guess you would say, would be, like, your Leave it to Beavers and whatnot in the 50s and your mm-hmm. I Love Lucy's, like, very straight-laced and, and funny, especially I Love Lucy is great. Still Family-centered. great Family-centered. Family-centered and very, you know... Easy topical, to, like easy what? to digest. It's it's escapist, basically, whatever. Then the 60s happened, the 70s, and so you ended up with... Uh, the change was slow, but you ended up with things like All in the Family and uh, Taxi and stuff like that that sort of pushed the boundaries and were a little bit uh, a little bit different. Then the 80s was sort of like a snapback, not in such reactionary per se, but like a an attempt to sort of reclaim... Americana, the like Reagan the family era stuff. sitcom kind of deal, right? If, uh, and also TV watching, I think became you know cable television was really mm-hmm. coming into play. So you did have the family gathering around the TV more than well. And we're talking about before you 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 started getting the new networks, and that's how Fox came into right. The so this, so like you know? yeah. Um, so this is, I mean, certainly it's topical in terms of pushing the edge. It's edgy in that regard, but it's not. The reason I bring up this whole history thing is. It's not, and there's no ironic distance to it at all. It's very hard on its sleeve, which is hard from our perspective mm. to take seriously. Right. Because then the 90s happened, which was when you have, well, the, the three things that came to mind when I was thinking through this were Seinfeld, of course. Yeah. Friends. Friends. Chandler, the Chandler bingification of America. Yes. And. That snark and sarcasm thing. And third, much less, um. Influential, but sort of emblematic of Gen X slash early millennial or yeah, Xennials, I guess, culture is Daria. And so oh that's God. sort of like ironic. I love Daria so much. Uh, observing what you're doing while you're doing it kind of yeah. thing that happened in all three of those shows mm-hmm. really carried on through. Uh, to the point, I remember it, when 9-11 happened, sort of the same thing that's happening now. A bunch of people were all like, how is this going to change the world? You know, How are things mm-hmm. going to be different after this is all done? And one of the things right, that, right. What they, they talked about after 9-11 was this is the end of irony. Because irony was such a cultural thing. Oh, and of right. course it turned out not, not to be. be. And I think all. that's what's going to happen with you know, recording this on April 3rd. It, it's, it may, this may prove to be a very poor prediction. But a lot of things will change because of coronavirus. But I suspect yeah. maybe not as much as people 
think because human beings are very resistant to change. But anyway, we are. <laughs> um, still the ironic detachment. We'll think of like even last few years you have Deadpool and Guardians right. of the Galaxy and stuff that's super self-referential. So I, yeah. I bring all of that up not to just babble about history like I like to, although that's part of it. But Oh, I'm going to babble about history later, so you're going to be so proud of me. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh, already, I'm already proud of you. Oh, thanks. Um, I'm proud of you too. That it's, it's sort of like watching something that's already a period piece in a weird way. Oh, yeah. Um, but so my overall impression, though, is that I, I do like it. The It's a little broad. You know, the acting is very... Yeah. You have stock characters for the most part and very broad sort of things. And sometimes it's a little ham-handed in terms of the like... There's not really been a Moral? bunch of messages, morals yeah. or messages like the don't do drugs kids kind well, of thing. Well, it's a weird but, thing because like... Not that morals are bad, but it's weird to watch it now because, as we've talked about before, some of the things have not aged well and are running a little bit on the, like, you know, side of, like, racism and sexism and things like that. But at the same time, weirdly for the time, a lot of it was progressive. Well, like... Like, it's a weird... So... You know. uh, I think they were trying, actually, to be progressive and then that's where that comes in like yeah they were like don't do drugs but also you know rich eat the rich (laughs) right well and then as i like to say uh, uh, the 90s again being my cultural touchstone because that's when i grew up i think of like the disney movies in the 90s like pocahontas and mulan Mm. and stuff like that that was an attempt to broaden the disney canon beyond european and white Mm -hmm. characters but at the same time became sort of a (laughs) problem in and of itself yeah. because they didn't fully understand the cultures they were trying to represent yeah and in and so now looking back on it we sort of say you know oh it's terribly racist or or whatever or they got this wrong or trying that wrong trying to be like oh look at the exotic right exactly especially like pocahontas they're sort of the like yeah. noble savage nonsense yeah but you sort of have to give them a little bit of leeway because they were trying they may have failed it may have been a bunch of white men trying to do something you know, whatever, but I think right. that there's a sort of intention that's good. So, like, the tokenism we talk about in this show, you know, the, like, Aoki being, you know, the, the, Asian, the Asian and has to do Asian D, things. Yeah. And I've, I've heard, you know, like, actors of color and uh, non-white actors talk about that sometimes where you feel like you have to represent your race or your mm-hmm. culture, you know, in everything you do on screen. And that's just not realistic. And then you can't play a person at that point. You're playing a... Uh-huh. You're playing a stereotype, an archetype, an you know, archetype. or yeah. you're trying, even if it's like a positive thing, like it's like, look how, you know, like Asians are good at math. Like that's still, uh, you know, that's still right. a stereotype, even though right. it's, it's like supposedly, I mean, it is positive, I guess it's like they're, they're hardworking and you know, whatever. It's obviously just sort of enjoyable, as I said about the period piece thing, because I feel like the 80s, so like things have not changed in terms of things like fashion and whatever else, that kind of stuff. Since the 90s, I feel like we've been in a freeze, especially since the, like the early aughts. I mean, certainly there's things like... I mean, I think you know, there like, are cycles of things. Right, but, but like I feel like everything is nostalgia generally. cycles now. So like you go through an 80s... Well, because nostalg- like right now, 90s fashion is kind of in. Like I go yeah. to Target and I see things that I remember from the 90s. Right. I'm here for it, but... So my point well, being, anyway, that the 80s is so is, is fine, like the last sort of <clears throat> decade where I think that's part of the reason we have an 80s nostalgia cycle, mm. that pop culture wasn't self-referential. I mean, I feel like 
pop culture is eating its own tail now. Like everything's re. I mean, this has been talked about to, to death, so I'm not going to belabor it. But like everything's a remake and everything's a call back to something else. The, even talking about the self ironizing, you know, complexity of of something like Deadpool or whatever, you know, the or even even all these sort of homages um, are still aren't really original to themselves. They're they're all going like remember that thing you liked a long mm-hmm. time ago well because it, it's all these gen xers sort of reaching middle age and having a midlife crisis i guess but right anyway so this is gen x 1.0 you know this is them actually making content like 21 jump street for all its you know sort of clunkiness at times is an original concept i mean i don't know again you probably know more of the history of it than i do <clears> but it feels i mean it's a cop show it's got a mystery of the week kind of thing but it's still different enough i feel like from Mm-hmm. all the cop shows that came before yeah, it to be something original. Yeah, I do have original. to say that that particular concept of, like, the young cops undercover thing, I honestly, as much as I know about the show, don't really know how it came to be, you know, what 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 made that idea, you know, pop. And so maybe I could look into that, but yeah, I mean... it's Anyway, it's enjoyable because it just you enjoy seeing the fashions and the, mm-hmm. the sort oh, of... I, I mean, we obviously enjoy the Oh, yeah, and all the, all the like, <laughs> sort of lingo, some of which may not have even been lingo at the time, and yeah. all that sort of silliness, and, yeah, so I guess, I don't know how much of my other impressions you want from me, but... Uh, no, I was just, um, whatever I, you want to talk about. In terms of my favorite aspect, I mean, of course, you can see that Johnny Depp's a movie star right off the bat. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we, we've talked about Johnny Depp's controversies, I think we have now come out the other side of the Johnny Depp controversy with him, if not entirely vindicated, at least... Feeling better about celebrating Mr. Depp as a as a yeah, person. Yeah, I, I, I feel a little bit better about it. I mean, obviously, we'll never know the full story, but... This is what... I will say this about it, and then that will be probably it. I mean, we'll have to talk about him a lot. And I, you know, I've said before, I've loved Johnny Depp basically my entire life. And he's the reason I actually started watching 21 Jump Street. And then I just ended up loving it. Just not even just because of him. But, you know, I tend to believe victims I want to be on their side and if something comes out later you know showing me that perhaps they weren't not being truthful that upsets me for victims because this is the reason people do not believe victims and I from everything that I can see about this relationship you know it was just not a good relationship on either side it was toxic it does seem the other individual has a history of being abusive to other um, partners, so take from that what you will. But either way, I don't know that it was handled appropriately on either side, but I'm hoping that perhaps we can move on now. And I still, there's a lot of people from Johnny Depp's, a lot of people that Johnny Depp has been in relationships with, none of them they all basically said he's never been in any way an abusive individual. Now, maybe that's changed. We don't know. I don't know anybody's real, actual personal life. But I do, as an artist, think that he's great. And when we talk about him on this podcast, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about 21 Jump Street, Johnny Depp. If we, you know, feel like we want to watch a movie or something for one of these... Uh, non-episodic episodes, non-episodic episodes, <laughs> episodes that are not about Jump Street episodes, yes. um, then, you know, we will do that. But that's, I okay. just wanted to anyway, I, we don't throw that to, out there. But yeah, I just but also, that out there. 
Yeah, so back to the show itself. Do you, so far, so we've covered seven episodes so far, do you have a favorite episode so far? Hmm. That's a good, I have to, I'd have to think back through which ones I really like. I feel like it's gotten better as it's gone along. Uh, the first couple a episodes were, were yeah. they were trying to figure out what they were, I think, is part of it. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have to set up the world yeah. and all the characters. So once you know the characters, it helps. So then you can just dive right into the stories. Because it's like, oh, these characters I know are now in this, these situations. Right. The one, the the worst night of your life was fun. That's one of, of my whole, favorites. The two different stories that kind of played off each other with the bowling and the, and the, the girls' school was fun. Um, that was probably my favorite just because there was... A lot of fun character work. and I also um, think it did a good job of, of that line that this show walks of, like, the the comedic stuff and then the, like, you know, serious police procedural type stuff. Yeah. And, but it wasn't something that was, like, extremely heavy, like, someone was murdered, you know. I tend to like that, for the most part, I mean, there are some episodes that I really like, but for the most part, I tend to like those that are a little, that walk the line well, but aren't like really depressing. Um, but yeah, it's actually one of my favorite of the series. Of the series itself, episodes. yeah. Um, and I love Sorry, the I'm, I'm actually looking up on my phone to remember what all the, all the episodes were, but... Uh, oh, yeah. The other thing I think they did really well was move from uh, Frederick Forrest's uh, character to... The new one, whose name I'm forget. It's been long enough. Stephen Williams. Stephen Williams, thank you. Yeah. Uh, moving from that, so two very different energies. Jinko obviously. to Fuller. Jinko to Fuller. Um, I do. That is that one, thing one episode where they had to make the that, riff. Yeah. and they still managed to have that whole hostage situation and everything. I will say about gotta finish the riff. I I don't usually when I'm thinking about episodes that I really enjoy, that one doesn't actually come to mind. But I think it may not be like my favorite episode. But I think it's one of the better crafted episodes for that reason. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's uh, just looking through the, I mean. The list. The list of, of episodes. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through it on my phone, which is probably bad podcast manners. But um, no, no. we've only I gone through seven fine. so far, obviously. and Well, eight if you include the pilot as having, no, seven. No, seven include, because we yeah, the pilot separated is two parts. the pi- pilot yeah. out. That's probably my favorite episode, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to belabor that. Do but. you have a favorite character? Or, like, character, like, relationship between characters or something like that yet? I don't know that I have a favorite. I mean, getting back to Johnny Depp playing Hanson is just fun because it's, you can, it's good acting because you know he's, like, John, like Jack that. Sparrow is, like, his, his, his joie de vivre is th- there from, from, uh, from there. Best character... You can cut out the blanks while I'm thinking. Sorry, I should have thought of that oh, no, before that's this okay. thing. I mean, if you don't have one, you don't have one. I just thought I would ask because I mean, I I, I don't know that it's I don't know that it's apparent who mine is. I don't I don't think <laughs> that we can tell who my I should is. say I I do I do like the show would be much diminished without the Deloiseness mm. of it all, without his energy that would definitely the whole show would feel much more. Paint by numbers, well, when we talked about like. this in the last episode, like that's kind of what he brings to it. He he knows what his job is, and he does it. Like, and he brings the energy up, and I don't know. He's great. I love it. I can't handle it. Yeah, and of course, I mean, I, I think every person brings. Although I feel I feel like they kind of underutilize both. I mean, I think Judy Hoffs finally does gets a couple of things to do in the more especially. Well, that's part of the reason I like the 
the um, worst night of your life. Worst night of your life because she actually has something to do, right? Other than just kind other of other than be, look pretty. <laughs> look pretty. I mean, she does. She's beautiful, I mean, but yeah, she looks pretty no matter what she does. But right, but that's kind of that gets you know. I'm sure it gets old as an actor, and certainly like it's mm-hmm. if you're just window dressing. Like I don't know that any. You know, maybe there are people who are film who are tuning in just to see a pretty girl, but like there's, I'm sure in the late '80s, plenty of shows with pretty girls on them. So that's right. not the not the point. But it, I feel like HT they haven't quite figured out what to do with yet. They, I don't and, know if they and, do. and of course, as the show goes on, they yeah. they build. You know, there's more to those characters. Right. So they build them out. So that's part of it. I think is they're still kind of building. Obviously, they're building yeah. around. Hanson and to a lesser extent Penhall. Yeah. But some of the I, I enjoyed some of the cameos and smaller characters in individual episodes, obviously. Although oh, we discussed that in the episode. I think it will be proper, fun but. to go back to as we are doing this watch through to see like some of the guest stars who weren't at the time guest stars, but people who have right. gone on like Blair Underwood in the last episode. Or Josh and, Brolin. And Josh Brolin, yeah. you know. The, the the kid who's the the narc blossom kid uh, is, is oh, was yeah. a fun one. So that was one of the better performances, certainly. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I like the character per se, but I, well, it's, but he, uh, he, yeah, it was like, a great, it was a good performance. It was a good for performance sure. for sure. Well, um, in the last, I think it was in the last episode, we mentioned that we should look up the costume design at some point. Yes. We always talk about what they're wearing. And so I looked it up and, um, most of the episodes, there were like a, you know, there were different credits, but, um, through 87 to 89. So the first where we are right now. Um, I don't know if it's Rena or Reina. Um, I'm assuming Rena because I know someone whose name is spelled this same way, whose name is R-E-N-A, Rena. But R-E-N-A. Right? Yes, yeah. Rena Campbell. And so she was the costume designer for most of the episodes from 87 to 89. So good job, Rena. Yes. She excellent. also, I, look, I, I was kind of looking at her other credits. She was like the assistant costumer for the butterfly effect. Oh, nice. And 11 episodes of Psych, which is another one of our favorite Psych. shows. Psych, oh yes. If you've never seen Psych, please <laughs> do yourself a favor if and you find it If you talk about, you know, pop culture, if you love a pop culture reference, watch Psych, because my God. I mean, certainly that's got the ironic referential aspect, but it's it's got such a heart to it that you can't, you can't not love, I love it. But anyway. I love stuff like that. I love comedies with a heart. And then after 89, um, there was a little bit of a change of the guard here, and Christopher Ryan... In 90 and 91, the last little bit there was the costume designer and was also the designer for the Police Academy movie and nice. the wardrobe supervisor for First Blood. So, wow, that's a that's a variety. <laughs> that is a variety. So but very good job, 80s. Good job, Chris. I feel like Ryan. I feel like he just like experienced the eighties. You know, Police Academy, I mean, First did. Blood, and Twenty One Jump Street. Oh, I had another question for you. Oh, okay. do you still think that Kenny Weckerly is the worst? <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's he's awful. <laughs> okay. I mean, again, props to the actor. He it's not a bad acting job. No, it's not. We just fault. hate the character. We do, that's all. He's He's just awful. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. No. It's a... um, here's something else that we've talked about: coffee mugs in cards. Yes. Right. Yes. And we were talking about how surely they we know they had styrofoam cups. What's the deal here? I did some research on um, styrofoam coffee cups. You're gonna be so proud of me. I'm. I am so. I'm already proud of you just for doing the research. <laughs> this is like actual Please. history so this is fun okay so this is from an article in bon appetit uh, the brief history of disposable coffee cup by michael y park okay oh, i got some inf- that's where awesome. i got this information i like to cite my sources of when i can 
So here's the deal. Back in 1907, so back before people really understood like germ theory, they would do things like dip out of a common water play right. thing. Or, Which is how you end up with cholera. And of course, because yeah. of temperance, a lot of people were drinking like water and stuff. More yes. people were drinking water and, and all that. And so this um, gentleman by the name of Lawrence Llewellyn uh-huh. invented a disposable paper cup. They said it was almost more like a bag, but it was kind of, he, he was like getting into the whole idea of like germs and it freaked him out. So he invented the disposable paper cup in 1907. Wow. And then five years, he named it the Health Cup with a K, Cup with a K. <laughs> Nice. And then five good, years good enough, later, that's an old and then trend. five years later, changed it to Dixie. Ah, the Dixie cup. You may have heard of it. Yes, and used it. So we continue on, and this is really timely because something else that really made the paper cup just become super popular yes. was the 1918 H1N1 pandemic. Ah, also known as. The Spanish, the Spanish flu. flu even I don't. I don't like calling it that. But so, it doesn't but, have another name, so it's nineteen eight. We can call the nineteen eighteen flu. You the nineteen eighteen flu. People will know what you're talking which about. Which is funny because we are in a pandemic now. But, Timely. But because of people started being way more like freaked out about germs and things because of Understandably. how horrible that pandemic was, um, it really became a thing. Yes. And then you know, there were a lot of people who were wanting to improve upon that. And then in 1933, a gentleman by the name of Sidney Coons um, put in a patent for a handle that you could attach to a paper cup. And in 1936, Walter W. Cecil, or Cecil, I'm not sure which way to pronounce it, but there you go, patented a cup with handles to mimic a mug. Nice. So in all the way in 1936, we had paper mugs. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, they those were popular for a while, whatever. In the 60s, there was like a really big boom because more people were, you know, there were, more women were going to be in the workplace. More people were out and about. People would get out more. So they were on the, on the go. And that's when like cough, like the idea of like the on the go kind of coffee mug Right. really hit and in 1960 was when the polystyrene foam cups mm. uh were first kind of pushed out there and so that became like the huge thing the polystyrene right. like that was everybody was on the move they had their coffee cup so all the way in 1960 that was a thing i wonder but i also wanted to mention that in 1967 alan frank came up with the terrible coffee lid <laughs> and Again, because we were just talking about the show. This is crazy. Starbucks had a big thing that happened in 1987. They really moved from polystyrene to the paper cup mm-hmm. with the domed lid that made room for, because people were having more like fraps and things like, like that. Like cream and all yeah, that. Yeah. So instead of like the flat ones, the domed yeah. ones. And that was in 1987, the same year that this show came to be. I mean, so admittedly, Starbucks that at that point Starbucks. Was, was still a regional, not a national yes, brand but, yet. But, but yes. obviously paper and polystyrene cups existed. So my, that's my guess. So that's my research for With that research in mind, cars. I do wonder if, if Occam's razor here requires <laughs> us to think that maybe it was simply what they had on hand 
because again, there's not a lot of time. Although styrofoam chrome cups are cheap, but also yeah. I'm wondering if it's just an aesthetic thing that it just looked better mm. to have the actors drinking out of real coffee mugs rather could than be. out of styrofoam cups. You know, know, it's probably it could theoretically also be easier for uh, continuity. Oh, I yeah. don't know because well, I think it would be the other way around because you can't see inside, so you could have like nothing in the cup, right. or they wanted it to really splash when he drove off. Is my yeah. guess because there's that part where he's right. like, "Thank you," and yeah, he's like, swoosh, yeah. "Got coffee all over him." But yeah. I, I don't know. That that's the only thing that really. I think we put more me. thought but into this. I, two but, seconds of film. But I than hope anyone everyone else has. enjoyed the history of paper cups. I found it fascinating. So, I mean, not necessarily what you tune in it's a, for. It's, but a really, it's a really cool article if you want to read it. But. Yeah, that sounds, sounds fascinating. It's sort of the things you don't think about because it's just part yeah. of the the background of everyday life. Well, it's, you know, something about like the, the pandemic has made you sort of think about these things that you don't think about anymore. Well, and are... it was funny too when I was researching that because I had the time. I especially because it talked about that pandemic being a big part of it. I was like, well, now would be the right time to talk about this. That's funny, you know. Fascinating. All right. Cool. Um, anything else we wanted to talk about? Well, I know you have one other thing to talk about. I have a really big thing. But uh, before we get to <laughs> the, the big any... news, I'm trying to think if there's anything else major that I want to talk about other than... I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm interested to see where the series goes from here. You know, whether they sort of... I mean, you know, obviously, more of how, it, yeah. how the, the, the trajectory of the series. But whether it sort of just treads water or it heads... I mean, every series, especially that I goes mean, on as long as this one does, downs. has ups and Everything downs, does. obviously. But um, and if it was on as long as it was, clearly it had a, it found an audience and and was able to keep that audience for long enough to at least justify it to advertisers. So, um, right. In terms of of my enjoyment, I again, I don't know that I would pick it out. I don't know to be honest if I'm going to ever go back and just like rewatch unless there's like a particular episode that I just find particularly. Or unless wonderful. I'm watching it and you have no choice. Well, there is that, but <laughs> um, so our next podcast is going to be me making her watch something. I don't know what it would be. Oh, that would be fun. I don't. We know. We have a ways to go, but you know. Uh, yeah, know. no, no. Maybe Seinfeld because I mean I like Seinfeld. I'm although- about to lose like. All of our listeners, I have never watched Seinfeld. I've, I, I mean, I know things from Seinfeld. Yeah, I know jokes and I've seen clips and all that, but I've never sat down and watched an entire episode of Seinfeld because I've never. To had be honest, time. I, I never watched it at when it first came out. I saw it in syndication later because that was that's how I do things. I'm always like a generation behind. That's true. Even with Harry Potter, I was like, and you, you know, didn't read them till I didn't start reading them until like the like the last book came out and I read them all. Well, not that's not true. The second to last book. And then I was with everyone else waiting for the last book to come out. But in any case, that's kind of how I do things. But we're off topic now and I don't want this to go on super long. So we, yeah, do we want to just, just hang out episode? Just guys, this is so exciting. Chris, okay, before I describe it, talk about the day that this came in the mail. She was. I've never seen her as excited to get a piece of mail as this piece of mail, and she, well, so she was telling me that something special was coming in the mail. And, and I didn't tell him what it was at first. And and so I opened this up. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you reveal what it is. Okay. And I'm like, are you are, are you kidding me? This is really what you spend spend the money on? So but yes, I believe it was in the Gotta Finish the Riff episode. I we brought up the whole conversation about slash fan fiction, and I brought up that at one time. There was a fan zine of 21 Jump Street. You guys, in my hand, I hold the Choir Boys 
a slash fanzine devoted to the men of the Jump Street Chapel. And it is as glorious as I expected. So, it, and it is an official, like, has the dealer seal. So, it has illustrations. There were, there's some artists. This one is, uh, Young or Jung did the, um, the cover. cover. And it's, like, color pencil. It's got all the guys. It a looks couple, like a stained glass window, basically. It looks yeah. like a stained glass window with, with the bricks behind it. And there are a couple of guys up here that you don't know but yes um because they're well, i recognize one of the so this is from but, 90 yes. and it has like and i have to say it has way more in it than i thought there would be it's, it's I, long it's I, over 100 pages it's great so um thank goodness for ebay but i have never seen one of these and i i didn't think i'd ever have one of these in my hand oh yeah and i'm like seriously christopher <laughs> please try to explain to them what it was like being in the house with me when this came. I, I, yeah, it's just, she was just like, I, uh, mouth agape the whole time. Just so, ex- I've never seen her so excited about things. And just the, how legit this thing is. It's got, I mean, you know, it embossed. Is bound. It is, it is hand Bodacious press. And I'm sure it had to be typed on a typewriter. It looks like typed on a typewriter. I really think. Well, I, I mean, we had, even my technologically behind family had a Tandy. But the, um, there's, I want to kind of give a shout out to Bodacious Press. Yes. Which is, you know, the who put this out. I don't know that I have any way to find these people, but um, Tasia Stone was the editor and did the layout. And But I wanted to... Um, this is so funny. I wanted to read this thing they have in the back about zines <clears throat> so i'm gonna be doing a dramatic reading here okay can i or can do I, you want to or do you want to read it do you want me to read it it's I the, can, i'm the tommy Hansen. well since it's i'm I, i'll be cold reading it so let me for before we get too far into this just real quick say i think this is part of the reason that maybe you and wendy enjoys this show and more than i do i think it's kind of aimed toward women maybe yeah. because of the johnny depp well, I mean, it, it, and it, it was one thing. of those like big like I, I mean, I don't know that Teen Beat and Tiger Beat were a thing yet, but like kind girls, of that thing. Because yeah. that was the whole thing with Johnny Depp is that everything I've read is like he became this huge heartthrob. There were posters, all this stuff, bubblegum cards, which we have those as well. Oh, they're very exciting. <laughs> and that I'll, I'll have to. I'm gonna. I'll, I will post pictures of things. But um, yes. Oh, I also before you read this, want to mention that we have a Patreon. And so if anybody who listens, if you want to like throw a few bucks here or there, you know, that would be awesome to help us keep this running. Because again, we just do it for fun ourselves. And so it's going to the chapel.patreon.com or is it going to the chapel podcast? I don't know. I'll, we have, have it. it. We have it linked here, um, but I will post it. it. It's on our Instagram. Our Instagram is going to the chapel pod at Instagram. We do have an email address, which is also going to the chapel pod at gmail.com. So please email us and say hi, give us a shout. But we are thinking about possibly doing readings of these wonderful slash fiction Ooh, stories. Yeah, there's something else. Although we'll have, have to put a parental advisory oh, note yeah, on Yeah, that's going to be. It's slash fiction. That's so, going to yes. be some NC 17 stuff. But, um, and there's poetry. There are some amazing illustrations in here. But yeah, so it's a great zine. And so, you know, please, if you don't mind 
being our patron, we have some really cool um, Narc Blossom <laughs> stickers that for our for any Patreon patrons, and yes. I, I love it. It's my favorite thing I have one on my computer. I promise that if we do get any money in, we will put it back into the podcast oh, to yeah. try to get higher quality for you, and, and the more we bring in, the more time we'll have to do good stuff. So anyway, enough enough advertisements. Shall we, shall we get to the feature presentation? Yes. So I promise, uh, by the way, we just discussed how this is NC-17. This particular passage is, by, is, is rated G. This is not, a, not part of the NC-17 portion of the program. It's not here. an actual, it's not one of the actual stories. Yes, n- nothing, nothing anatomical is occurring in this particular. <laughs> okay, here we go. I, I, I can't do Johnny Depp's voice, so I'm just going to do it in my voice. Hi, I'm Tiny Hansen. Zine pirating is a real drag. I know more and more of you are being made aware of how wrong it is for these people to bootleg the hard work of others. But did you know that every time you buy one of these pirate copies, you're taking a risk? Nah, it's not a legal thing. It's personal. It's personal. Why do we buy zines? Because because we like them, right? We buy issue after issue of some, really become fans of them. Look forward to the next one. Did you know that one of the only things that allows a fan editor to put out their next zine is the sales of the prior issue? By buying a bootleg copy, you've doomed the very fanzine you've come to love. Oh, no. So while you might be getting a great deal, you're actually hurting yourself in the long run. Cut off these cheats. Cut off those cheats. Buy your zines from the rightful editors and their authorized dealers. Makes it sound like a drug. Anyway, ask for proof of dealership. (laughs) Report pirating to the editors when you see it happening. All bootleggers care about is getting your dollar. They're not going to turn it back into making a new issue for you to enjoy. The buyer is the one who has the power to stop this. Help keep your favorites going. It's in your hands. You're the ones who see it happening. Get involved. Thanks. And then there's like a space. And it says, please, people, if you see this or any other bodacious press zine on a bootlegger's table, get that person's name and contact us. This has to stop. Um, well, I just I think I just got a tickle while I was And I, I do want to mention that, I ha- like I said, I have the authorized dealer seal. So this is legitimately from Bodacious Press. I do not have, which is... And also, guys, this thing is like basically pristine. I have, I'm shocked that it's still put together so well. Anyway, they, they I think they caught in that so particular that was so cute passage. They caught the sort of PSA quality of you know, like hey, I dude, know, it's I like that it. weird like hello fellow kids. And the, but the also, back page, they have a thing that they were looking for submissions for the choir boys too. But I do not think that that exists, which is a shame. I mean, there's probably some online. Somewhere oh, there's absolutely you, some online. If you look somewhere. Oh yes, there is. Anyway. It, the zine is something that I was really excited about, so I just had to share that here with all of you. <laughs> but that's kind of, I think, all that we have for today. We just wanted to kind of jump in, say hi, do a little discussion here that we're now that we're halfway through season one, yeah, and look for the second half of season one coming sometime soon. soon yeah, and we look forward to your feedback. So. Feel free to leave, uh, you know, there are comments for, on. I know on the Apple podcast, there's places mm-hmm. to leave uh, Please rate reviews. us and review us if yeah. you feel so led. And if you know us personally, you can always also uh, privately message us to uh, mention how, you're, how you like it and, and whether you want to see what you want to see or not see or hear or not hear, I guess would be the, the way to say it Absolutely. on the podcast. So um, and if you don't, feel free to, to, to leave us comments and we'll try to address those. If we get enough comments, we can even have a 
fan response episode yeah, or something. Yeah, I mean, we, you know? we would love to be able to do, like, Q&As and ask yeah. me anything and things like that. Particularly, you know, that's something we could do on Patreon, so. Yeah, well, I, uh, Amanda can probably someday, especially if people want to know trivia, she would be, maybe you could bring Wendy on for a special oh, I answer trivia episode. I definitely intend we will have guests occasionally, yes. so. Okay. All right, that's it. Thanks so much for yep. listening. Uh, email us, going to the chapel pod at gmail.com. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check out our Instagram. It is going to the Chapel Podcast. Bye. Bye.